the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, Southern California. Good afternoon to you, wherever you might be right at this moment. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego and the host of Cultivating Ethos on KPRZ in San Diego. It's so great to be with you again. I've had the privilege of being with you and getting to know you a little bit better this week. And uh, we get another day today, and it's Friday, and I love Fridays. Fridays, it's just a good day, right? Friday is a good day. And I'll tell you what, if I wasn't here right now, I would be on the beach but I'll tell you what, I love being with you. I'd rather be right here and hearing from you. And something that I do uh, sometimes on Friday, although I got some subjects today we'll deal with, is I like to have open phones. And, you know, it's just something that's in the back of my mind a lot as a pastor is I want to make sure that I'm answering questions that people are actually asking. And uh, I love to hear from you. So that's something we'll do. I'm going to drive the conversation a little bit. But if you've got something that you want to ask a pastor about or something that's on your mind, something from the headlines today, we'll talk about a couple of headlines here in a minute. Give me a call, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. So today, Friday, we'll talk about what you want to talk about and uh, give me a call. No questions are off limits. I mean, I might not answer. Of course, that's up to me because I'm the host. That's how it works, you see. Uh, But that's what we'll do today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, one of the things that I would love to hear from you is a story about how Christian radio has impacted you, how it's impacted you in a positive way. What have you learned from your time on KKLA and KPRZ? And I think there's some great testimonies, some great stories out there. We're going to hear one in just a minute. And maybe you've got something else on your mind. You read through the headlines and we see all kinds of things. and It's mostly bad, right? Bad news sells and and sometimes the news, uh, you know, right now there's so many controversial things with the, the vaccine mandate that uh, the governor gave us today. California, if you hadn't heard, uh, will mandate vaccines for uh, all the kids coming, I think, as soon as they're basically approved, whatever the different level of that means. And uh, I think there's 10, 10 vaccine mandates already in place for schools. So if your kids are in school, you've already had to get them uh, with some of the longer established vaccines have been out there, but not the COVID vaccine. That brings its own issues, Right. And uh, maybe you got some thoughts about that. And I'm going to ask you for solutions. I don't think it does us a lot of good to just uh, get upset about it. Uh, what do we do? You know, well, we tried to recall the government. That doesn't work. Maybe you support it. Maybe you think this is a really good idea. I'd love to hear from you on that as well, whatever your thoughts are. Maybe you've got something else. There was a funny thing that happened uh, today, and it got pilloried online. Uh, the CDC put out an advertisement, and it was advertising uh, – the COVID rate for pregnant people, not pregnant women, pregnant people. And, uh, you know, maybe you, you got the issues with the, the COVID idea here for pregnant women. And, and the, you know, the, they're asking everybody to get the vaccine, of course, but they kept saying pregnant person. They dropped women from it. It's pregnant person. I went on the CDC website and yep, sure enough, that's pregnant people now. And, uh, you know what, for me, I'm thinking, you know what, that's great because, uh, my gynecologist keeps telling me that I'm a hypochondriac. And, uh, you know, but now I can take in these uh, these ads and say, see, 
I'm a pregnant person. That maybe maybe these odd cravings that I suddenly have for a fillet of fish sandwich. I mean, that's really odd, right? But I've got them. Maybe they mean something else. Maybe I'm a pregnant person. Just want to see what she says. You know, it's I know it's just totally absurd. And we live in this absurd world. And if you're wondering why, it's because things are spiritual. There's definitely spiritual things going on because this is crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's just anecdotal. Maybe, you know, this is one of those things where, in my experience, only women get pregnant. That's been my experience. That's been my experience in life kind of everywhere I've been. Uh, But apparently, according to our chief scientific organization, my experience may not be that universal. Uh, CDC, if you're wondering why people are doubting you and asking these questions, maybe pregnant person is a good place to start. Just saying. All right, so i got a beef about that. Anyway, we'll just move on from from that subject for now. Open Line Friday, you can talk about whatever you want, and uh, I'll go through some things as we get to it. You can be part of the program by calling 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. And we'll, we'll have some fun with some of the stuff out there. And it's so great that we have a Savior that these spiritual things that are going on, we got a Savior. This We know how it ends. We can read all the way through the end of the book. It's a great thing about the, the Bible. It ties up all the loose ends. Uh, we aren't left wondering what in the world God is going to do. We know. We don't know all the details. We don't know all the timing, uh, but we know how it ends, and it ends pretty good. And you know what? That's a big part of what this show is about and what the programs on KKLA and KPRZ are about. And hopefully it's what your church is about. And, you know, one of the things that happens is when I host this show or I do my own show, I call some other people and we do some interviews, and you talk to various people during that time. And people get pretty excited about coming on to KKLA and KPRZ uh, to uh, give their testimony, to talk about a ministry that they're a part of. And I had the opportunity this week, if you listened earlier this week, um, I brought on uh, Brad and Marilyn Rhodes from Grace Marriage to talk about marriage ministry in church. You can get that on the podcast. The podcast of these programs is on kkla.com. Just look for the uh, live program in the afternoon at 3 o'clock in the program guide and click podcast, and you can get anything that you've missed. And I highly recommend that. Uh, we did that on Wednesday, I think. But in the course of setting that up, I was talking to the operations director for Grace Marriage, and his name is Jerry Jeremy Bennett. And he said, wow, KKLA, he says, you have no idea how listening to KKLA has impacted my life. And he's right. I had no idea whatsoever. And I thought, you know what? I'd love to hear this story. So I've invited Jeremy to call in and be a part of our program today. Jeremy, welcome to Southern California Live. It's good to see you or hear you. (laughs) Yeah, thank (laughs) you. I see you because I've seen you on Zoom, but that Zoom doesn't work as well on radio as it does on a a screen. (laughs) Welcome to the program, Jeremy. Thank you for uh, for being here. So, you know, you you we talked about this a little bit, and it was just so encouraging. And I thought, you know, there are many, many people listening right now who maybe have a similar story. And if you are listening and you want to share your story, you can call 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. But, Jeremy, uh, tell us. Tell us what uh, Christian Radio, and in particular KKLA, has meant for you. Yeah, you know, when we talked for the first time, and, and and you said the call letters KKLA, you know, I just lit up inside, honestly, um, because it's very similar to, to those folks that have a testimony of it was that pivotal moment when that person prayed for me or that person loved me enough to tell me the truth. And then we finally look back on that as, wow, that was a pivotal change in my life. 
Um, and I look at KKLA like that. Um, you know, I I came from uh, an unchurched family, largely. You know, we would go to uh, church on Christmas and Easter. Uh, the only other time I remember us going to church is when the world was supposedly ending. So you had to go and find out why Saddam Hussein was the Antichrist and what was the next thing to happen. So those oh, are, yeah, okay. Those are my, yeah, so those were my recollections. Of, I'm thinking uh, of all these growth. things about when the world ends. You know, for me, it's like if the Giants win the World Series, something terrible is happening. <laughs> so, you know, so that was it. And then, you know, uh, I've spent most of my adult life in western Kentucky, so right in the thick of the Bible Belt. And uh, I started going to church as an adult just because it was the right thing to do. That's just what you do. Um, but unfortunately, m- my views of God weren't informed by Scripture. Um, I had kind of made uh, a god in my own image, and it was just, I heard one author say it was, uh, or read one author say that it was moralistic therapeutic deism. You know, it was right. an, an intellectual assent that there is a god, but it was all about me being the best person that I could ha- be. Um, and, uh, and one morning I got up for a new job and got up early. And I had heard a preacher on the radio, and I had no idea who it was, but uh, it turns out it was John MacArthur, and he was going through a series called God, Satan, and Angels. And it talked about who God is and what is he like, and it really shattered my paradigm of understanding God um, and learning who God was from a a biblical um, perspective. And uh, that instance, that radio um, that radio episode message led me on a journey where I was just hungry for more. Like, I have to get this figured out. I and have did to you, know what this... Go ahead. So what did you do next? So you, you yeah. have this this change. The God God has impacted you through this. What did you do next? Yeah, so so I got online, and, and I just searched. Because I, I was at a job that I could listen to music, or I could listen to whatever all day long. I searched online and looked for Christian talk radio, and KKLA came up. And all of a sudden, every single day, I'm listening to just about eight hours of teaching all day long. It was like, honestly, it was like a beacon on the hill. It was someplace that I could go to every day to get the truth. You know, I know there's so was, a lot of people like you who are doing that right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's amazing, and I would say that anybody out there that has ever contributed to these programs financially, prayer, is is this is changing people's lives. It changed my life, and we're talking early 2000s when all of this was occurring, uh, before there were a lot of resources like podcasts and things, as I was streaming KKLA. You know, it's such an interesting thing, because today you don't know, you know, when you're doing the radio program, it's broadcast, of course, right now over all of Southern California, um, but there are people listening anywhere in the world they might be listening, and you have no idea how God might be using this broadcast to impact people who just happen to to come across KKLA or KPRZ or another station that's putting out some good stuff. That's an amazing story, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of the ministry of KKLA, I not only grew, but I grew loop, you know, leaps and bounds. I grew in discernment, uh, primarily, because I was listening to a, a lot of things, and some of it wasn't good. But because of the quality, because of the choice of the teachers that you have on there, I, I was able to grow, and I was able to get the truth and, and grow in discernment. And what are you doing now? Where did God lead you ultimately in your life? 
Yeah, um, I worked 17 years at a career, and uh, um, um, someone that I knew came to me and said, hey, would you like to leave your job? And I'm like, uh, not really. <laughs> but the, in, in the Lord's kindness and in His providence, uh, I came on full-time at Grace Marriage um, three years ago. Uh, I've been involved in a Grace Marriage group with my wife since 2012, but as far as working at Grace Marriage, and we're helping to equip churches with marriage ministries, and we're just we're helping couples, married couples, thrive and have gospel-centered marriages. So uh, I'm the director of operations for Grace Marriage. Jeremy, I really appreciate your story and you taking the time uh, out of your evening to come on our program and uh, share that story with us. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thank you very much for calling in. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That was Jeremy Bennett, and uh, he... Just wanted to share his story about how KKLA impacted his life, and uh, he just found it online. It's such an interesting thing. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and I am your fill-in host today on Southern California Live. You can call in with any subject you want today, open line Friday for this hour, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the phone number, whatever God is putting on your heart to call in, or maybe you've got a question for a pastor or something, and if you've got a testimony... Uh, about uh, KKLA or about Christian Radio, how God has used uh, this station to impact your life. You know, that's an encouraging thing. I know that so many of you are uh, are hearing these things. Uh, I think we have a phone call. Do we have a phone call, uh, Chandler, on line one? Uh, uh, Rosa, Rosa from Los Angeles. Uh, welcome to Southern California Live. Rosa? Yeah. Hi, Rosa. How are you? I'm good. Good. Just that lately. Hi. Hi. Can you, can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead. I'm good. It's just lately that there's been this upcoming publication. I don't know if other people have seen it at colleges. It's oh. been stating that um, Christ or God wanted us to be separate based on our race, or we should stick with our own racial background, kind uh-huh. of like dividing us when it comes to Christianity. Yeah, and how do you feel about that? It, I honestly, it's, for me, it's false prophecy or false prophet. Hmm. That's how I tell my friends that were with me that day at college. It was actually happening outside my college. Okay. So there was like this organization of African-American students giving out this publication saying that based on the Old Testament, God wanted us to be segregated. And they want to segregate themselves. Yeah. That's that what they're saying. African-American Christians should be with African-American Christians. Um, Hispanic Christians should be with their own, and we shouldn't intermingle or be in the same room together. Yeah. You know, uh, those people, uh, if they are saved at all, are going to be real surprised when we are at the wedding feast of the Lamb and there are people from every single nation there at that table sitting with them. Uh, I feel like because of what's happened last year and all this stuff, a lot of people are looking for hope or looking for faith. And it's very dangerous to manipulate their minds by manipulating Scripture to meet your needs. Right, and that that happens all the time. Hey, uh, uh, Rosa, thank you for calling in and and sharing with us 
today. You know, there's there's some things going on right now, and in particular in the the racial issues that are so hard. But like everything else, the the answer is right there in the scriptures. And I think some of the confusion we have is we're not in the scriptures anymore in a lot of ways. You know, when the when Jesus tells us to make disciples of every nation, when we read at the end of time, and every nation will be standing there before the Lord. It doesn't mean country. It doesn't mean people from France and Germany and Japan and Sudan or wherever. It means all people groups, everybody who's made in the image of God. We are one family. I like to tell people, you know, when I'm preaching here in San Diego, you know, how many churches are in San Diego? And they'll come up with how many numbers. How many churches are in Southern California? There's a bunch of numbers, thousands of churches. How many churches are in California? How many churches in the United States? How many churches around the world? You know what the answer is? The actual answer is one. There's one church, and we meet in many local congregations, and there is one church, and Jesus knows who those people are who are part of his church, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we are part of the same family, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and the kingdom of God comes together the same way by faith. It's an interesting thing. If you do a study on you know, on altars in the Old Testament, the altar that the common person would build, you know, there's an altar in the temple, and you 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 had some metal on it and some brass and some things to make sure that you could burn things on it regularly. But if you were going to build your own altar, what God wanted was a pile of rocks. And uh, he wanted no human instrument to ordain or design these rocks. And the reason for that is because everybody's access to God is the same. It's by faith. Whatever your background is, whatever your, um, you know, whether you're uh, one race or another, whether you are... um, you know, rich or poor, and, uh, you know, you don't want people who just have certain artistry and artistry talents to build a nicer-looking altar, and then they can say, oh, my access to God is better because look at my altar. My altar looks better than you. God said, no, I want it to be a pile of rocks. Uh, I want it to be just sitting there. And he also said you can't build it tall. There's a great passage somewhere in Exodus. I don't have it in front of me, like 23 or something, where he says, and don't build it up really high because I don't want to be looking upon your nakedness. And like, he doesn't want you to build this really tall altar so you can say, well, my altar is taller than you, and therefore I'm closer to God, uh, and God doesn't want to be looking up your britches. Uh, that's what it means. No, he says, I want a pile of rocks. I want it to be low to the ground and rugged, just like a cross. And this is the place we come to Christ the same. You know, with the teachings that are going on, and, and some people refer to it as CRT, and uh, sometimes it's just some of the other stuff, the tensions that we have. And it's such an odd thing that we're moving back toward segregation. Like, why would we do that? Uh, I think it's because the devil wants that. He wants us to be separate. He wants to divide us by all kinds of different things. And we want to focus on the gospel. Rosa, I hope that you uh, just stay strong in your faith and love those people who are handing those flyers, but, but speak the truth to them and love people. Uh, that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about uh, whatever might be on your mind, lots of different things in the news. And uh, I've got a couple of things that uh, I'll bring up too if uh, we don't hear from you, but you're able to drive the conversation, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, we had Jeremy Bennett on just a few moments ago give a testimony about how Christian radio has affected him. And if you've got a story about that, something you really enjoyed about Christian radio, something that you have benefited from, uh, what a great opportunity today to give your testimony about that. So we'd, we'd love to hear it. 888 Another story that was in the news uh, this week is uh, 
an update on a place in Turkey where they believe they might have found Noah's Ark. Now, a lot of the stuff about Noah's Ark or different kinds of finds, those those often turn out to be not very good stories. And this one actually is old. They found this this structure a long time ago. It's this very odd geographic shape, and it, it does. It looks like a big boat. And most archaeologists and scientists have sort of poo-pooed that for years. But with modern technology, they started uh, doing these basically radar into the ground. And they started noticing these fossilized shapes of parallel lines and other things that it really doesn't look like it's something that's natural. It looks man-made. And so one of the things I find interesting about that is that there's still people who are saying, nah, it's probably not Noah's Ark. However, it has piqued the interest of a lot more people now. And they're going to do some more research on that. What do you think would happen if they really discovered Noah's Ark? Apparently what the article I read was saying is that it is the right dimensions or pretty close. Uh, to the number of cubits and uh, all of that. What would happen in the world? Do you think we would have more faith if we actually found that? There's there secular stories about uh, a great flood, right, uh, and different stories. People might just sort of a, appeal to that. But what would happen if we found such an incredible biblical relic, if we could really prove it and say, no, this obviously this is what uh, is behind that story. This has to be part of it. I don't know about you. I figure if I'm Noah, uh, I burn that thing to the ground. You know, and if you read the whole Noah's Ark story, you realize that the first thing he did was get off the ark and, and uh, grow a vineyard and then make himself some wine and get drunk. And uh, he shouldn't have done that. That would be wrong behavior. But I think you could understand uh, he's in a bad situation, right? Um, saved by the Lord, but the situation he's in is not that good. You're alone on the planet. You've got all these smelly animals. You spent 40 days in that ark. It was a tough scene, tough scene. Um, but there probably was... Uh, a remnant there for a long time, and maybe there still is. Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be really, really cool. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Give us a call with anything you've got on your mind. Testimony about radio. Would love to hear from you, 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live right here on KKLA and KPRZ. And it's happy Friday to you. I hope that uh, you have some plans. And uh, if you have some plans and or maybe you don't, maybe you should consider the Harvest Crusade that is uh, coming up on Sunday. We're going to talk about that next hour. And a great opportunity to uh, invite your friends, invite the people that are in your relational world to hear the gospel and uh, what we're doing today is Open Line Friday on this hour. You can call me at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. What's on your mind today? You might want to have a question. You can ask a pastor or just something that's on your mind. And what are the solutions to some of the things that um, we might want to talk about? We've got Kevin on line number one. Kevin Fillmore from Fillmore. Welcome to the Southern California Live program. How are you today? I am blessed. How's it going with you? Fantastic. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? I just have to I just have to mention that that music on hold is Sultans of Swing by Dire Strait. That's music right there. Real music. <laughs> yes, yes, it it's is. It's sacrilegious, but it's real music. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my my thing is, I'd like to have a conversation about it or hear your opinion about it. What I'm seeing out there is the politicizing of Christianity and how is it how it is negatively affecting the effectiveness in a lot of cases of the sharing of the good news with people, because what I've noticed, and I do it a lot, is 
we've become Christianity in a in a sense has become a political party. So like especially associated with conservatism or the Republicans. And it seems like it seems like and I know they'll probably chase me to the castle with torches, but it seems like we're substituting the constitution for the Bible mm. and its negative effect is people don't want to hear you even open your mouth when you say Christianity. That's what I'm seeing out there. You know, like the your right to keep and bear arms or freedom of speech or whatever, you know. Yeah. These are these are constitutional rights. They're not biblical rights. But you almost right. couldn't tell. Right, Kevin, I think a lot of people have that uh, that sense and I think we're in a period where we're evaluating that right now as as a church. You know, something that I think we've got to be careful about a couple of things. There are politicizations going on on the left and right. I think we hear more about it because it's coming from the right. Maybe it's coming from church a lot, but there's a lot of politicization. Politicization? I need to figure out how to say that word. From the left, you know. It's easy for you to say. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we have uh, presidential candidates and other people quoting and misquoting Scripture. Um, you know, we have love yeah. your neighbor being thrown around by both sides of the, uh, mask or vaccine debate. Um, you know, we, we politicize a lot of that stuff. And, uh, you know, Kevin, I think one of the things that we need to keep in mind, first and foremost, is that our job, our first citizen, citizenship is, is to the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors right. of Christ. And what I try to do is help people take a look at their world, their relational world, and realize that when we're talking about politics or we're talking about the issues of the day, or even when we're talking about sports or something that's rather inconsequential, how are we being received? Because our first ambassadorship is of Christ. And, you know, conversations change a lot when we're dealing with politics with somebody who suddenly disagrees with us, or we're dealing with a moral issue with somebody who actually personally struggles with that moral issue. And one of the things that I think we need to keep in mind, a favorite verse of mine, is in Acts chapter 15, when there's all kinds of uh, debate going on in the church about what the Gentiles have to do and how far they have to go in order to be welcomed into the church. Do they need to get circumcised? Uh, Do they need to do this or that? In Acts chapter 15, verse 19, it says, It is my judgment, therefore, this was the council in Acts where they decide what to do. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And that verse we need to keep in mind because when we add things in our politics, left and right, you need to turn to Jesus, and by the way, Jesus is a Republican, or Jesus would, or Jesus is a Democrat, or Jesus is a socialist, right? You know, I, we get that a lot. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, Acts 2 Church, you know, they shared all of their stuff. They must have been communists. Well, no, right. they, didn't, they didn't give it to the government, and then the government doled it out. That's not what they did. Um, we have to keep that in mind. And I think something that the church has got to get right is that we need to be passionate about our citizenship of the United States. As a, as a citizen, I am terrifically concerned about what's going on. And as a historian, my major is history, okay? And so uh, that's my degree. I'm, I am a historian. My emphasis is the United States. I go visit all the you know, presidential libraries, and I can tell you a lot of stuff. We are more divided than we've ever been since before the Civil War. People are saying that, but it's absolutely true. And just like that period of time, we're arming ourselves, too, at huge n- numbers. And, and we're splitting off into red and blue. 
you know, what's happening is blue states are getting more and more blue. Uh, so today in California, for example, some people are cheering the government, the governor's uh, edict about mandating vaccines and other people are opposed to that. And what tends to happen, though, is red people are going to the red states and blue people are going to blue states and those states are getting darker yeah, and darker in those colors. And that's, what's also yeah, yeah, and what's also happening is the church is doing the same thing. And I think we have to rise above that. We have to realize that that we we have a calling that's greater than that, and it begins with the people that God has placed in our life. So my my opinion, and what I talk about with this a lot, you know, you need to be active as, as a citizen, and you need to vote. It's ridiculous how many Christians don't vote, a huge number. You need to engage in the issues, and you need to be a participant just as part of our democracy. I think you can make a biblical argument. Um, you know, God, God has ordained uh, whoever the leaders are. He just has. You know, it bugs me when somebody says Biden isn't my president or Trump isn't my president. You know, actually, he is the president. You better be praying for him. Yeah, scriptures. obey those in authority over you. Yeah. That's right. And in America, a weird thing is that those people are in authority over us, but also as the people, we have a certain amount of authority. So there's, there is at least, I think, a Christian response for us to vote and to speak out and be a part of things. But the no, number I one, agree with that. But what, Scott, what I see happening... What I see happening, and what happens to me all the time, because I'm sharing the gospel daily with people, uh, quote-unquote regular people, you know, out there living regular lives, is the, our political stance as a Christian becomes the point of conversation first, as opposed to the gospel and where this person is spiritually becoming the first uh, order of, uh, of conversation. And I found that if I can, it just happened today, literally an hour and a half ago, that's why I called in, uh, where I'm talking to a guy at a coffee shop and about the Lord, and, you know, he wants to talk about uh, uh, politics and taxing and, you know, mask mandates. And my question is just, I just throw out, where do you think God is in all of this? And I noticed that that changes the conversation, and they'll say, like, well, I don't even think God's interested in this, or, mm-hmm. or you know, and, and I shift the conversation over to uh, where you are with God, where you are in Christ, if you're in or not, and then, because if you get in with God, set your mind on things above, you're not going to worry about taxation. You can be involved in stuff without worry, without, you know, because the thing that's really happening today isn't that people aren't, aren't, aren't involved, is they're worried about taxation. They're yes. worried about this. And I like to, I want to encourage Christians, see if you can shift that conversation out of the political arena into the spiritual arena. And then, because, you know, you get a person saved and trusting in God, then all of that other stuff is just going to fall in place, I think. They'll vote right. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll do whatever God leads them to do from an activist standpoint. But that's my only thing is just be careful when you're having these conversations in church, from the pulpit, a lot of times I've been in churches where they've done it. You know, they called the, uh, I was in a church and they said that devil who's now in the White House, so speaking of Biden. And so uh, just be careful of that speech that you're basing everything on a person's position in the kingdom, not, uh, and I mean the spiritual kingdom, like you said, <clears throat> the invisible kingdom, not the kingdom of the USA. Yeah, we have to be real careful about that. Kevin, thanks for your call. And yep, I'll, you're very I'll, uh, Thank you. I'll add this to that. And one of the reasons that um, you'll hear me talk about uh, Oikos a lot, Oikos is a 
Greek word, it means household. You find it all throughout the New Testament, and it's in the context of evangelism, the people in your relational world. Uh, a lot of you think it's a yogurt, and it's a yummy yogurt, but the, the Greeks looked at it as relational world. Uh, Jesus said, "Don't you, you let your line shine before your oikos. And people in that era understood that to mean the people that they know, their, their roommates, their family, their spouse, their coworkers, classmates, people that they did life with. And one of the things that we need to realize is that the people who are in our relational world, they are looking at us according to our faith in a certain way. And we have to look at them through the lens of our faith, not the lens of our politics. And they don't need to change how they vote before they come to Jesus. They don't need to change their opinion about taxation or about masks or vaccines or any of that uh, before they come to Jesus. Let Jesus change them if it's necessary uh, for that even to happen. And we need to, be, we need to be the people who offer hope. When we come back from the break, I'll talk a little bit about that, that hope and uh, we can still take your calls here, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and we'll be back here in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and it's great to be with you on KKLA and KPRZ. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're doing open line Friday, getting your thoughts about the headlines and different things coming on. And I got Tim on, uh, Tim from Altadena. Tim, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Yes. How are you? Yes. I'm fine. I'm sorry. I, I was a little distracted there, but I, I got you now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want to kind of disagree with that last caller. Um, it, for years, I'm 69. I don't know how old you are, but I've probably been around longer than you. And for years, conservatives, and we, conservatives are almost always Christian. That just happens to be because the philosophies we believe in are Christian philosophies in many cases. So, But for years, we kept our mouths shut and, and stood in the car. I never did. I just, But I saw the Republican Party and conservative Christians keeping their mouths shut and saying, oh, we can't tell people how to live and all this stuff for many, many years. <clears throat> it's only since Trump and a few other uh, political movements like Trump that we've stood up and said what we really believe in and, and tried to be as vocal as liberals. The liberals are extremely vocal, vocal. They're constantly screaming at you every single day. And, and we, we never, I, I still don't like that way of, of living, but you have to fight evil. And m- most of, I mean, if you can name me some of the liberal positions that are not corrupt, I'd like to hear them. But so, so when this guy thinks, and it's also almost always when you have a conversation with a liberal uh, about, uh, about Christianity, they're, gonna, they're the ones that bring up politics. I, I see, I hear these conversations that are around these conversations all the time. I never hear the conservative, not in my, my experience, go into politics or things like that. It's always the liberal that you are hypocritical. You, you, you want us to be conformed to your Bible and all that. So they, they, that's what they say to you. So then you have to say what you believe and why you believe it. So then it becomes this, this illusion that you think you have to have all these political points of view to be a Christian, when in reality, most of the points of view they're talking about aren't political, they're moral. Abortion is a moral question, not a political question. 
Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, there's a lot of things I think that are not fair, and I think something as as believers we need to recognize. And, Tim, thank you for your call. Okay. Um, I think one of the things we have to realize is that, you know, the world, Jesus told us the world is going to hate us because of him. And so we're not going to get the upper hand with the media or with how things are presented or how, you know, the culture sort of presents our faith in a certain way. I think, you know, that is, and that has a lot to do with a lot of the disagreements. And then as we look at our country and we're very passionate about it. And, uh, you know, one of the changes is that, you know, all of the founding fathers, many of them were Christians, some of them were deists, but most of them based our country on what you would call Judeo-Christian values, okay? When we say, uh, you know, our rights in the Declaration of Independence come from the Creator, um, that's, a, that's a very incredible statement uh, historically. Um, when we realize that, it matters. And what we're seeing today is a denial of that Creator, and we're seeing that rights come from government, and that's very scary historically because that's where tyranny is formed. You know, if the government's the one who gives you the rights, then the government can take them away. If, the gov- if God gives you the rights, then only God can take them away. And that matters. That matters for everybody. And I think one of the things where we can come together, though, is still in the, the mission that we have with people and to try to rise above even if somebody tries to take something into the political area. I think, I think maybe Kevin's point, in a way, was that even the, the person who he's speaking to immediately goes to politics, just as, as you said there, Tim. And I think that there is a strategy, especially when we're thinking about the people in our relational world and being discipleship-oriented, that we can diffuse that and not get into it in the same way. And you're right, abortion is a moral issue. The issues about marriage are, are certainly moral issues. There's societal issues about those things as well, that you, know, you, can, you can take a look at marriage, for example, as being something that a, a civil society needs to have work properly. The, the family, mother, father, and children together this works in society, and when that falls apart, society doesn't work too well, right? There are, there are so many things that are a part of this, and we have so many different kind of uh, emotions about it, and it's hard. I do think, something I'm excited about really is that I do think because of what's happened in the last several years and you know, things that the politics and even bringing to the table is it's causing the church to really think about how it's going to relate, especially with the new generation coming up. And how would Jesus do this? And how does it really, really work? There was a story that I read this week, and I kind of go through the headlines, and sometimes I, I think of things that are just kind of funny when I see the headlines, right? So there was a headline about uh, the moon is moving farther away from the earth. And the first thought that went through my mind was, well, the moon is trying to escape from Jeff Bezos. And... Uh, you know, I didn't read the article at that point, and I thought, you know, if I were the moon, I'd be saying, nope, nope, that's a weird-looking spaceship you've got. It's kind of disturbing. I'm out of here. Uh, but then I read the article, of course, seriously. It's in the Atlantic magazine, uh, which is kind of a liberal magazine if you're unaware, but I read that article in there. And it was a rather amusing article from their – they have a space reporter, okay? Uh, what a job. His job is a space reporter, and he defends himself in the article as the space reporter. He says, don't you have better things to think about than the moon? And he says, well, no, not really, because I'm a space reporter, and it's my job to contemplate celestial bodies and write about them. And then the article describes what scientists believe has been going on with the moon and how they measure the distance from the Earth. And it's really in centimeters, right, as far as how it's moving farther away, and where we're going, where the moon is going as we drift apart. And then the article describes what will happen eventually, and it says this, quote, 
the moon is expected to continue drifting away for the very scientific measure of forever. And despite the premise of an upcoming action movie called Moonfall, it's not going to smack into us either. Someday, about 600 million years from now, the moon will orbit far enough away that humankind will lose one of its oldest cosmic sights, total solar eclipses. The moon won't be able to block the sun's light and cast a shadow onto the earth, but the moon will remain bound to earth, looking out onto a very different, much hotter version of the planet as oceans start to evaporate. And then he says, of course, a few billion years after that, the sun will derail the moon entirely and earth too. When it runs out of fuel, expands and engulfs the inner solar system in a spectacular act of star death. Let me tell you something. One of the things that's going on in our culture is that we have lost the direction of where to place our hope. If your hope is not in God, if you don't believe in God, and and if you don't believe that Jesus is the Savior, that death has been defeated, and if your hope today, say, is in science, because if there's no God, that's all you got, right? If there's no God, then your hope is in Dr. Fauci. You hope that he is right uh, about what he's saying, because otherwise, what do you have? This article here, what, what... I thought about is that it gives the hope of science. Here's the hope that secularism gives you. The hope is that one day the sun is going to explode and destroy the universe, destroy our solar system. That's what you've got. That's the hope. That's all the hope you get. We have a better plan. We have a God who has told us that our hope is not in what is physical. I mean, it's very sad when you think about that. I mean, how do you put your hope in that? What's, what is there? Fortunately, we have a better hope, a true hope of everlasting life that Jesus will return and he will make everything right and there will be life everlasting. See, our world is hopeless without Jesus and we have one true eternal hope with him and this is our message. You know, hope for the United States as we hope, you know, something that we've got to remember about the United States is that it is temporal. And I hope the United States is here and functioning under our Constitution uh, for a thousand years, unless somebody comes up with something better. Uh, It is the best form of human government with all of its flaws ever. However, it is flawed. And God does not need the United States in order to save the people of the world. In fact, if you study prophecy and you get into it, the United States probably isn't there. Or if it is, we're, we're not relevant Uh, or we're the bad guy. It's just, we have to keep that in mind, that we have something much greater. And if we care about the United States, and I know that you listening do, and you're passionate about our country, and you're concerned, and I'm greatly concerned, we have to remember something, that the hope of the United States is that the church would be the church. And that sounds like a trite thing to do, and I don't mean that we go into our buildings, and we sing our songs, and we have our services, and we just check the box for certain beliefs. I mean that we get out there and we relate to people. Throughout all of history, the church has been at its best when it is taking care of the poor, when it is taking care of the people who are in need. When the plagues came, you know what happened during the plagues for the church? Everyone else fleed and they died, but the church people went into the plague and they got bubonic plague or whatever, and they the black plague, and many died, but many helped people and they served people, and you know what? People came to Christ. In the early church, when the Romans were persecuting Christians, Christianity exploded. They had no political power, no military power, no money. Most of them were slaves. And what happened? The church exploded in size because they had the hope of Jesus Christ. 
And the government kept saying, Caesar kept saying, oh, no, hope is in Caesar. Hope is in Caesar. Caesar is Lord. That was the imperial cult. That's what's on the Roman coins. Caesar is Lord. And the church would whisper to each other, no, no, Jesus is Lord. And they had a better message. They had a message that transcends everything that is right or wrong about government. And they served each other. And they met each other's needs. And the Roman government said, look, we're meeting your needs. And the Christians said, oh, yeah, I know you're meeting the needs while you're in town. But as soon as you leave, you mess everything up. We're going to meet each other's needs on a person-by-person basis from the local church. This is where our church needs to go, whatever the, the politics are of the day. And I think it does improve the politics. It will improve the conversation that we need to have about these terrible issues that are a part of our, our country, the, the moral issues that we have. And, you know, and you mentioned, you know, is there a moral issue on the right or left? I would caution us all. And I'm coming at this from somebody who has been involved in politics before. I actually got to work for the first President Bush, uh, got to meet him, got to have a conversation with him. And it was a great opportunity. Hi, Scott. How you doing? Good to talk to you. And he talked to me for a while. And I was floored. I only have one picture of this because somebody wasn't taking pictures. You know, but there are things on the right and left that we need to take a look at and go, you know what, maybe Jesus would like us to be more compassionate, not just in our language, but in what we do. And maybe Jesus would sit next to that woman on the well or that person that we're engaged with and have a different kind of conversation. Think about that and keep in mind that our hope is in Christ. This is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow on KPRZ and KKLA. We'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.